You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. Across the desk. Yes. Probably. We're in the same place. We're getting used to this. I kind of like it. Man, I do too. Wow. It's uh, much more convenient. I got to tell you that. Yes, it is. Wow. Especially for the mixing and everything else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be nice. Great week. Great week last week. Yep. Man. So good to have you at camp. We are together at camp. Yes, we are. As we record this, we're at Camp Kobe. Yeah, yeah. Which I had never been here. I thought it was a little bit farther south than Michigan, but mm. it's it's fairly it's, north. It's mid it's mid Michigan. It's mid north. Yeah. yeah, you're not quite to the bridge, but you're only an hour and a half to the bridge from here. Yes. So yeah, beautiful place, beautiful camp. It is. They got a great facility here. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job of keeping it up. I got to mm-hmm. say, it doesn't deteriorate much. I was here eight years ago. I can't believe it was eight years. Wow. Eight years ago. Doing the same camp, and uh, man, it looks exactly the same. They've added mm. a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. They've got a new basketball court. They've got what do you call that? It's um, it's sort of like a plastic mat, yeah, with holes in it, yep. you know, for drainage. Right, is what it is. right. But they're made for outside. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It interconnects and everything. Yeah. It's nice. They use part of that to make a checkerboard too. That was kind of cool. Yes, that Kids was are playing neat. checkers. Yeah. Yep. And uh, of course, they have a miniature golf course here. That's yes, they do. like a pro course. It's it's nice. It's beautiful. So yeah, do a great job. So thank you, Camp Kobiak, and uh, thank you, Cleveland Baptist Church. And how many churches do Amen. you think are here this week? I think there's twelve. Yeah, yeah. It's a good crowd. I think we have around yes. two hundred teenagers. Yeah, a little over two hundred. I'm yeah. pretty sure. And uh, man, I got to tell you, our first service was probably one of the best responses I think I've had in a very long time to Amen. a first For service. The first camp. service. Yep. Yeah, that was really good. Looking forward to some great things. Amen. And uh, as you heard on Friday, uh, these kids have some great questions. Yep. And these kids um, have really been a blessing. They're, they're, it's a good group of kids. Yep. I would say they're probably not the most aggressive kids I've seen at camp at times, but um, they're spirited. Uh, they're very polite. Uh, they're great during the preaching. Uh, Meal times. Super good kids, so thank you, kids. And yes. uh, hopefully we picked up some listeners. Good uh, week. Yeah, good week. Picked up some listeners and uh, some good times there. So, yeah, so it's good to we're be We're still towards be the beginning of the week yeah. as we're recording this, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. can tell already. Yeah, there's a great spirit mm-hmm. here. I, I, and I said to the kids, I said, you know, I can, I can pull the punches and I can just make it nice and everybody's happy, or I can tell you straight up and... You know, I'll give it to you straight up, and and they were good. They received that and want that, and I, I think kids are ready. I think they're ready to get going. So, um, Doctor Stone, yes, was it was up? was <laughs> I don't know. I'm a fake Puerto Rican. <laughs> we have a we have a kid here who was awesome. Oh yes, we do this little game called Get to Know Your Neighbor, and I bring King. You kids. do this game. Yeah, and I do this game. You're the only one who can do it. 
I may be able to do it, you but I it. think it would come across too acidic. No, you, you are pretty it. funny. With you it. could do it. So we just bring kids up, and I get to know them as my neighbor. <laughs> what I do is I just find little little idiosyncrasies, and then I just tear them up. And we have this one boy, and they're happy to cooperate. They do. At first, they're nervous, and by the end of the week, like pick me, pick me. And uh, they become a little bit of a you know star in camp. So this one boy from Cleveland, great kid, and um, so he told me he was from Puerto Rico, but he couldn't speak any Spanish. Right. And so I'm tearing on him. He goes, "Well, I'm kind of a fake Puerto Rican." <laughs> a fake Puerto Rican. That was great. <laughs> it was great. So yeah, ton of fun. Ton of fun. Here, here's what I see though at camp a lot of time. I know you've seen this too. These kids come and they make great decisions. Yeah, man. And then they go home. And it's not long after they leave, maybe even on the bus ride home sometimes, the devil starts. And those decisions that they've made begin to be attacked by the devil, by their friends. They get home. You know, the parents kind of throw cold water on it sometimes. Sometimes even the church or maybe the pastor even uh, will kind of squelch a little bit some of those decisions. What are some things you think that these kids could do to maintain those decisions in their lives? Yeah, that's so important. We as you said, we've seen it. Um, I've experienced it both sides, good and the negative, you know, where some decisions did really stick and others, they stuck for a while. Right. But so, so the first thing I'd have to say is at least that's a building process. Mm. At least a decision was made. And if you make that decision once, maybe you're going to make a stronger decision the next time. Mm-hmm. And the next, so I, I'm not... I'm not belittling the decisions that are made. I'm not no. trying to make excuses why somebody should not follow through. But, you know, we are, it is a progression, mm-hmm. and you are dealing with the area of maturity. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that spiritual maturity, there's the physical maturity, the emotional maturity. So, uh, you know, they're, they are becoming adults. They're not there yet. And so some of that is, you know, I mean, I, I'm going to offend somebody, but that's okay. You got people here that probably feel comfortable going home playing with Barbies or GI Joes. Yes, I, I mean really. Yeah, little, there's you know, younger they wouldn't, kids. It wouldn't be, or they still want to play a little bit of superheroes or what? Yeah, I mean because they're they're just out of elementary school. Well, some of them and are now, counselors though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say any names, but what Sam comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to say if it's Barbies or GI Joes. I'm going to I'm going to leave that there. But <laughs> so that you know you got to consider that too. Yes. You know they they are maturing. Yeah. And so you know sometimes we do expect more out of 14 year olds than we do 34 year olds, right. and that's that's a shame. And and there are kids here you can tell they are not spiritually mature either. Right. Right. There's some kids here that have been raised their whole lives in things of the Lord in a strong church with song preaching. And there's some kids here that are here for the first time right. or maybe to a camp like this. Yep. And you can see them as well. And and some of them are making decisions. And we beg those kids to come to camps like this because Absolutely. it's that first step. Right. Right. And and so it's it's a great mix. And it's neat to see some kids maturing even through the week. They come and you know Amen. they're they're a little awkward, they're a little bashful, and by the end of the week they're you know they're making proclamation of what the Lord's done in their lives. Amen. So that's exciting. I love camp. Um, I didn't do a lot of camp when I was a kid. Uh, number one, we didn't have them here in Canada. Um, number two, uh, I, I worked a lot, hmm. so I didn't go to camp. I didn't enjoy a lot of that camp experience, but I'm definitely enjoying it vicariously preaching at yes. some of them now. So yeah, I went every year. 
Did you? Every year that I was old enough, and even when I was younger, I went with my dad when my dad would be a counselor. Yeah. And so I was just talking about uh, to somebody who was of that age group about, I was about four or five, maybe six, somewhere that early elementary age and my dad was a counselor he was assistant patrick cleveland so he was in with the guys at uh, ohio baptist acres Mm -hmm. and uh, you know they they put on this act for me and i had no idea it was an act but they took this huge guy huge guy and they strapped him to the side of the bunk and they took a belt you know he's got a bare back took a belt and they're wailing on him of course they're hitting the bunk right. not him right. and of course i was sitting you know in such a way and they're going he was bad this is what we do to bad people you know and i mean they're wailing and he's just screaming you know every time and i mean my eyes are as big as saucers and they're going so don't you be bad and i thought there's no way i'm gonna be bad here you know those stinking jerks well i was reminded not of a camp experience but of a similar smite experience which years ago so i come into the room where i'm staying it's a beautiful (laughs) beautiful room here and everything's good and a little refrigerator over there and microwave and stuff and um i'm all set and i look over and i had a flashback and (laughs) horror i look over and here on the dresser is a is an alarm clock a wind up a wind up with the big bells chimes on it and my mind goes back to that <laughs> stormy to night. Waga. To that stormy night when just in time I saw the light. <laughs> oh my goodness! Tell him the story. Buffalo. Tell him the story. Okay, so this was would have been my first year of being the second in command at at Smite officially. You know, so I mean, I'm I'm nervous about I got make sure I'm up on time and make sure I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. So Bob Volger doesn't have to do it. And so I, I did not even trust the electricity. No. I made sure I got a wind-up alarm clock, and you and me in the same room. Yeah. And, uh, you know, bunk beds with a dresser in between and stuff. And so, th- because we're in college dorms is what we yeah. were. Yeah. And so I had that thing ready. And you're trying to go to sleep, and it's going tick, tick, oh. tick, tick, oh. tick, tick. Tick. And that was driving you crazy, oh, but you silence. were nice. I you were silence. kind, yeah. even though you hated it. Yeah. You didn't do anything because I'm like, I have got to get up. It was pre-cell phone, pre-alarms on your watches. Pre, you know, I mean, yeah. it's it's that or nothing. It's the Stone Age. It's that or the wrath of Bob Folger. Oh, yeah. You know? And so that alarm went off about 6 o'clock. Oh. You jumped up and you, sitting straight up and you clutched your chest and you went... <laughs> that scared you scared so me. bad. I've never. I laughed my head off. I've never slept through an alarm. I always wake up before because the sound scares me. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be my cell phone. I'm like, I don't. I don't want to hear it. It just scares me. So then I decided. Yes. Yeah, so then every night. Yeah. It was a journey to try to find where the alarm clock was put. And you wouldn't tell me because you didn't want me to get it. Where is it? Where is it? And then I'm like, I got to get up or Bob Folger's going to kill me. So you found it. Oh, in refrigerators (laughs) and coolers, (laughs) under sock drawers, you know. I, I, I'm surprised that you didn't have it up above the ceiling tile. Oh, man. I would if I could have reached so. Yeah, well, the alarm was still going off. Worse than the alarm was, we had uh, two sets of bunk beds, and I kept saying, Dan, you can sleep in the other bed. <laughs> <laughs> he was afraid. 
Oh, you're uh, scared by alarms. I'm scared nah, by the ticking. You're not kidding. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you don't want to get a tick bite. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that reminded me. So here at Camp Kobe, yes. I can come. They have the oh, alarm clock there. Oh, that's awesome. You'll notice it's not working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You let it run down. No, it's actually battery operated. Oh, okay. You took the batteries out. <laughs> no, it, it just doesn't make any sound. So oh, man. I can use that one. So, yeah. So that, that reminds me of uh, that's the cl- as close as I've got to camp. Yes. You know, so good. Um, getting back on topic. So these kids go home. What, what do you think are the first things that detract from people making decisions when they go to a meeting like this? Well, obviously, the reason we try to get teens to come to situations like this is because there's a minimum amount of distractions. Right. There's always distractions somehow, somewhere. You know, yeah. hey, that girl's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and you're thinking about her rather than this. Yeah. 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 Doesn't matter wherever you are, there's going to be some distractions. But as much as we can, you know, there's no worldly things here. Nobody's got a cell phone except counselors. Um, nobody's got iPads, mm-hmm. iPods, no, no listening devices. No, I mean, you know, whatever the electronic device is, the teens don't have them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even more now in this generation, when you're very used to them, almost addicted. I wouldn't blame yeah. every teen. But there, there are some kids that aren't here because they couldn't bring their cell phones. Because they couldn't bring their cell phone. That's right. That's sad. And, they, and they'd rather stay with their cell phone mm-hmm. than come and let God work on our heart. I know. And whenever you come to a teen camp, a church teen camp, church youth camp, the whole purpose of it is to get away from the world mm-hmm. and from distractions to concentrate more on the things of God. Yes, we have fun, and yes, we do neat things, and there's going to be unique situations which you'd probably not do probably anywhere else. Right. But that has never been the reason, and we don't even we don't even advertise it that way right. in our churches and, and youth departments. You know, every pastor is always saying, now we need to, let's pray these kids go to camp because they get away from the world and get closer to God, and, mm-hmm. and you got to a heavier dose of preaching, you know, two times a, a day, yeah. and then a quiet time, a devotion time, right. and then a like a Bible lesson. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's a, a great a amount of the Word of God to yeah. try to get inside of somebody's life. Yeah, it's a lot, and kids aren't used to that, so it takes a little bit for them to get used to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're absolutely right. They go home, and immediately they're confronted by their parents, who you know if they're good godly people are asking what decisions did you make how can we enhance that but a lot of these kids are going to go home to parents that aren't that Mm -hmm. and you know that some of those decisions are quickly either pushed aside or you know scoffed at or whatever so that can be a deterrent and then like you say man computers telephones tvs i mean it's all there streaming whatever right and then they they go back to their old friends and, you know, some of those friends that aren't Christians and some of those friends that are maybe weak Christians, and that can be a distraction as well and can be a hardship for some of them. So um, what can we do? What can parents do? What can a pastor do to help reinforce some of those things, do you think? Well, I, I want to go back just a little bit instead of going yeah. too far. Yeah. Um, and I want to give this these two or three illustrations very briefly, but you understand because you've done it. Um, it is a common thing, normal, not like it's everyone, but let me say it this way, in camp, it is not unusual over the many, many years that I've been a counselor or director or whatever it is, um, it's not unusual that at least one person, sometimes two or three, that I'll deal with at the altar Mm -hmm. 
they'll say, mm. I want to give up my rock music, right. but mom and dad don't. Right, right. I've had that. And, and we're not talking, we're talking about uh, deacons mm-hmm. and Sunday school teachers right. and, and people that know, mm-hmm. people that grew up in a solid, strong yeah. preaching church that already, they're not going to sit there and go, I never knew that rock music was bad. Right. But now you have, I think a lot, I think a lot I, mm-hmm. I, I would think a majority, I, I'm not trying to be ill-thinking, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think a majority of moms and dads of teenagers, and they listen to their music, may not be the exact same music right. as the as their kids are, but it's the same thing. Mm. Yeah. And I have dealt with many. Yeah. I've dealt with yeah. many young people say, yeah. I want to give up my rock music, but, you know, my mom and dad played all the time. Right. I've had kids tell me my parents watch things on TV. They go to movies that they shouldn't. Um, I've had some boys say my dad introduced me to pornography, hmm. things like that. And I mean, again, yeah, some Christian homes. Right. And so if you're listening today as a parent, you better know that these kids want to make decisions. They want yeah. to do things for Christ. And sometimes it's the parent that withholds them. And if you're a parent today and your kids are going to camp, your kids are going to youth activities, your kids are going to youth conferences, know, know that when they get home, you've got to be ready to help them. And you've got to be conscious of the decisions that they're making. And if you withhold them from that, that's on you. Right. You're, you're going to have to answer the Lord for that. I need to be that parent that kept my kid from serving the Lord or being more for the Lord because I just didn't want to give up my particular sin or whatever so yeah I, I could give you the name right now without trying to rack my brain mm-hmm. of at least a dozen young men who they said God called them to preach they're the one who told me mm-hmm. God called them to preach and then they never followed through with that because their parents talked them out of it right and six of them were preachers wow and they told their own son, wow. "No, nah, you don't want to do that. You know, it's a big hassle, and people aren't. Wow. You need to find a job with money." But I, I mean, mm. just it, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. Wow. I, I'm almost at the point that I, I want kids to come to camp, and then I want the parents to make a vow that while the kids are gone, that they'll yeah. not turn on any electronic devices. Yeah. That I mean, other than you know, mm. your cell phone to talk mm-hmm. just and. Get alone with God themselves. Yeah, I think we need more family camps where yes. you preach to the parents and the kids. Yes, you know, separately and then together. Yeah, and I've done some family camps like that and had the kids, you know, give testimonies to some of those effect that, you know, mom and dad, I, I need, I need you to yes. support me in these decisions, and so that's very, very important. Absolutely. And then also, your your young people are beginning to mature. And when I'm dealing with a young young person, I never give them the uh, excuse that give them the way out. Right. Well, but my mom and dad and I. No. 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 God is dealing with you. Mm-hmm. God is. De- that's what we're going to concentrate right now. Uh, after that, you talk to your youth director, or if I'm their youth director, or pastor, or whatever. We'll deal with the, some of those things maybe later. But mm-hmm. you deal with you. I remember mm-hmm. one time, some young ladies went to the altar. And uh, my wife noticed, and there was, you know, maybe four or five girls sort of bunched together. And so my wife went and sort of knelt in between them, you know, excused them, and got in between them. She said, so what are we praying about, ladies? You know, and they went, 
oh, the kids in our class are so ungodly, they're worldly. They're and, and my wife said, stop right there. You came to the altar. God deals with you to come to the altar about you. Yeah. What do you need to change? And those five girls were like, um, uh, they, they had no concept. They, they were using the altar as a gossip session, you know. So, yeah. but, so there is, we do many times want to excuse ourselves mm-hmm. because of someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of young people who have had unsaved, ungodly parents live in a wicked, vile uh, setting and God's used them. Yeah, absolutely. Because he can and he does. Yeah. And I and I try to prepare kids. I'll tell them, you know, in, in the preaching this week, I've, I've told those kids, here's what's going to happen. Your parents, you know, your your church, your friends. Um, and when I counsel with kids, too, at the altar, I tell them, Here, here's what's going to happen. Get ready. And, and know that when that comes, that that's just a reaffirmation that God's testing you. He's proving you to see if you're going to stay by the stuff. And so use that as an opportunity to become stronger and yeah. not necessarily weaker. So yeah. Wow. So this is a Baptist camp. We believe in the priesthood of the believer. So we're trying to deal with young people in their direct relationship with God. Yeah. There's many other factors as well. But, you know, some of those decisions they make, they are immature, both physically, mm-hmm. emotionally, spiritually. But it's a start. And sometimes... Yeah. It sticks. It sticks forever. Right, right. Well, I'm glad that you're here. Um, I think, I know as a pastor, sometimes it's hard to take that time, and it's hard to get away for that week. But I encourage pastors every every now and then. I agree. you got to go with your kids. You may not be able to come every every week, every year, but I think it's good to go. At least, and even if you're close, you can go a few nights. You know, and be a part of the service, yeah. and just and I mean, such a good quality time for you, um, and and you're working with your youth now, so that's in part why you're here. But mm-hmm. still, I know when you were pastoring, there were times when you would just come and and be a part and yeah. um, just spend that time. So that Smite Week was a, a golden opportunity for you to spend time with your Amen. kids. So great Amen. opportunity to deal with them. So awesome, great week. Um, Wednesday. Well, there's still some more factors yeah. that, that a young person needs to make those decisions. You know, partly the decision that he makes in camp should also include the back end of some other decisions that, yeah. that they're going to need to make. Yep, good, good, good. We'll look at it Wednesday. Good to be here. Good to be with you. Yeah, good to be with you. Thank You've you. been preaching great. Oh, Praise man. God. Lord. Been praying for you very much. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad you're a good friend. Yeah. And um, you'd be a draw for me to come and listen to anyway. No, no. And then on top of that, it's just a blessing to be with my friend. Yeah, it's good to nut around. Yeah, that's the best part. Um, yeah, and I, I really, I'm begging God. I am begging God to do great yes. things in these meetings. We, we need it. Um, I, I'm a nobody. I know that, but I just, I just want to be used to the Lord. And especially, Amen. you know, this. I'm turning sixty. That, that's kind of got in my head a little bit. Mm-hmm. I realize my time to really have big influence is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. And I want to go out with a bang. I want to go out doing something awesome for okay. the Lord. I'll go get my gun. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> We're in America. He's got it. He's carrying it and he can use it. <laughs> but nope, I have, this is church now. Yeah. Nope. But I have a hockey stick. <laughs> Way more lethal. <laughs> I'm Al Stone. I'm at Camp Kobiak with my good friend, Brother Dan Wolven. This is Dan Wolven in uh, Prudenville, Michigan. Prudenville. Please make sure that you give us a rating, a review, and uh, keep listening. Hopefully, we've got a lot of new campers mm-hmm. that are listening. And so, God bless you. We want you to keep serving God. Yeah. 
And for those of you that don't know where Prudenville is, hold up your right hand. <laughs> Take your finger and point anywhere you want because it won't matter. <laughs> I asked one girl today, where are you from? She said, Ohio. I said, yes. well, that's, that pretty narrows it down exactly. right there. <laughs> it's about the uh, middle knuckle of the mitten. Whoa. Yeah, yeah there you go. It, it, you'll find it. Just keep driving. <laughs> this is Tim Talks. Have a great day. We'll be back on Wednesday, and we'll look forward to it. God bless you. Have a great day. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.